Hello, I hope this podcast finds you well. My guess is we have a couple extra friends on this one because to be honest, the word deconstruction is quite the trigger word these days in society and culture, but (laughs) I swear I didn't use it as clickbait because here's the thing. Throughout my faith journey, I have learned that deconstruction, it's its just this word that helps us to describe what I think every person experiences in their life if they choose to believe in God. It's a point that you come to probably more than once where you have to look back at the house you've built and are living in. And you have to decide, can this foundation continue to hold up the things that I know now or that I believe now? And sometimes uh, it's not strong enough because you built the house with what you knew at the time. And that's okay. Anyways, that's all to say that this whole deconstruction term, it truly to me means that you are tearing down what you've built and rebuilding it better. (laughs) So hopefully better. I think that so many people have this idea of the word, even I did before a year ago, honestly, the word deconstruction, I was like, oh, they're leaving the church. They're leaving the faith. Like God be with them. It was just this judgy thing, which I don't think it should be. And again, obviously words like that, that are, I, I think, popular right now. One, because we can, we have access to people across the country or world that are experiencing the same questions that we are about church. And two, I think that there is something happening in the church and the church is changing and growing as it always has throughout church history. So I think that deconstruction, it's a hot button thing right now because so many people are coming to this crossroads. It's just really interesting because there's a lot of like pressure around this word deconstruction of, okay, if you're going to, if you're going to do this, like you're going to have all your shit figured out by the end of it. Honestly, I feel that, that taking stock of your life and your beliefs and the things that you have been about is just such a natural part of life and part of the process. If you're going to invest who you are entirely into something, like, let's make sure that it's, there's a strong foundation underneath it and that it's rooted in love and and kindness and grace. I have put this off for a while as something that I've wanted to share and use to connect with other people, but I also really don't want to talk about it. So I just think it's interesting that the probably biggest influential thing in my life that guides all of my values and beliefs is something that I have a hard time talking about. And yeah, I just think that's some food for thought. (laughs) <laughs> that, that we can't have hard conversations because 
we get offended or we get hurt or we disagree or whatever. I just, I think that's really interesting. But okay, I also think it's valuable for me to start off by saying two things. That one, I... I am saying all of this with the understanding that God is so much bigger than any question I have, any belief or anything I'm confused about or whatever. And so this is me on my own path with my own personal story, just sharing. (laughs) That's literally all this is. This is not me bashing anyone or anything. And further, I think that it's also important for me to say, hopefully throughout this podcast, you will see this reoccurring theme of both and, that things are not black and white. Um, It's both. And that as Christians, the biggest challenge that we face is sitting in that middle tension. And it's so uncomfortable. And I think that's why it's hard for us to talk about it. Because we think that because we've been given the Bible and we've been given this blueprint of a perfect person, Jesus, that we're supposed to follow, that we have all the answers. And we don't. We have less answers than we think we do. (laughs) So um, anyways, that theme hopefully will pop up quite a bit just because that's something that I have really been trying to focus on in the last year just as I try to process the things that I've been through, how they affect me, and the ways that God has been present in my life um, that I wasn't present to at the time. You get what I'm saying. So I think it's helpful if I provide you with a little bit of a background of like where I come from and my relationship with church. So I grew up, my dad was a pastor for a church called The Vineyard. Um, It's a pretty modern, laid back church where really anybody was welcome. So that was really cool to be a kid growing up in that environment and watching my parents do that. So when I was in third grade, we actually moved just north of Seattle to plant a church. And at the time, again, I was pretty young, so I didn't really have a grasp on all things church. Um, But I knew that's what my parents did, and that's what we did on Sunday and all these things. It was never like a forced thing, but it was, you know, just something that my family did, and I never felt like I didn't. Well, some days I didn't want to go to church because I had to wake up early, but that's really (laughs) the only thing. So my mom ran the kids' church, and then my dad was the pastor. Interesting dynamic growing up, but then we had some pretty tragic things happen in our family and my parents were really burnt out. The church wasn't growing a whole lot. It was struggling financially. So eventually the church ended up just basically closing down. So for the later part of my life, before I went to college, I wasn't really in church. I still believe in God and I felt like I still had a relationship with God. I would go to Young Life or Youth Group a couple times here and there, but we weren't doing church like we always had been. Um, When I went off to college, I chose to go to a private Christian school, GCU, and I felt pretty empowered by that because I did feel like I was searching for more in terms of just God and faith, and I wanted to figure out what it meant for me. So yeah, it was really cool to go to a place that had so many young people who had all been raised in church. So in a way, it was like a Christian bubble, but at the same time, it was a great place for me to really figure out what I was looking for. (laughs) And there are so many churches in the Phoenix area, like so many. I got to really hop around and experience a bunch of different kinds of places and hear all my friends' opinions on what makes a good church and what they look for in a church. And 
at the time I didn't know so (laughs) I was like okay yeah that all makes sense some people would say oh I didn't like that church because the pastor didn't he didn't quote scripture enough or I didn't like this church because it was too much like a concert or this church is just for like lukewarm Christians or this one is only about getting new believers and all this stuff so it's just like now I'm like oh god when I look back but at the time I was a sponge. I hadn't heard any of that crap before. I, not saying it's crap, but you know what I mean. (laughs) I, I didn't know. So I was soaking it all up, putting it in my bank. But then I was super confused when I was trying to find a church because I was like, no church has all of these things that I am supposed to want, which paints the picture for you right away that no church is perfect. And anyways, pretty much the whole time I was at GCU, I was just figuring out what my relationship with God looked like and my relationship with church. And yeah, and then it wasn't until my senior year that I finally felt like I found a place that I wanted to put some roots in and like start serving at and just getting involved in. And so uh, I ended up at Hillsong in Phoenix, which I think at that point it had been around for like four years. And it's funny because I remember going my freshman year at GCU because it was like all the rage, like they had just turned into Hillsong Phoenix that fall that I got there and everyone was like Hillsong worship they have a church here blah 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 so we would go and it was just like the hype thing anyways but then I was convinced that it was yeah just that like super materialistic in a concert so I stopped going there But then I ended up back there my senior year and I loved it. I They had just brought Hillsong College to the Phoenix campus. And so they had their first year students there. And I met everybody and I just, I fell in love with these people. Like I made some of my best friends there. And so I was around them all the time. I was serving. I just wanted to do church. Like I loved it. And it felt really good because I... I felt like for the first time ever, I had my own relationship with church. And I really knew why I was there and why I was doing what I was doing. And just seeing behind the scenes and meeting everybody, all the pastors and the staff and stuff, I just really connected with it. And it was just my happy place. I loved it. And yeah, then I was considering when I graduated from GCU, going to Hillsong College and just doing school there and figuring it out as I went, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated So I go, uh, well, COVID happens, had to go home. So then I had to figure out financially how I was going to afford Hillsong College because I couldn't work, but I did. And so sure enough, fall of 2020, I started Hillsong College. I was in the pastoral stream and man, I ate that ish up. Like I loved that place. I felt like I was on this summer camp high and I was just doing everything. And I've mentioned this before, but I was a very big leadership kid in high school. And so all the events, all the community service, all of that stuff, I loved that. And I never really did that kind of stuff at GCU. So this kind of reawakened something in me that I had felt like I was missing. And it was just that element of being around people and serving people and loving people. Like I just, I was on fire. I was on fire. And mind you, I'm also very big people pleaser. So I said no to absolutely nothing. I got involved so much. I was just like on every team and I had all these opportunities to speak and to preach and whatever. So I was like literally on cloud nine. I loved it. And I was doing it all for church. So it felt really good, (laughs) you know. But when you base 
so much of what you're doing on the approval and recognition and um, affirmation of other people destined to crash and burn at some point. My plate was, I felt like Supergirl for a while just because I was running a million miles a minute and I like I literally would skip meals like I would forget to eat because I was so busy just doing stuff and I didn't even care like yeah the spring of my first year a lot of things hit me just kind of when my real life began to bleed into that kind of college bubble that I was in and I started to question okay like what's my life gonna look like when I leave this school and what's church going to look like and all these things. And so I went on summer break and I had some time and space to realize that I even had those questions. And yeah, I just, I was so burnt out from the lifestyle that I was living and I felt pretty empty, which didn't make sense to me because I was doing so much church stuff. Like you're not supposed to be sad when you're Anyways, that was just my expectation. Um, Yeah, that summer I just started to kind of question, okay, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? Why am I doing all the things that I'm doing? When I was away from that fast-paced, affirming, encouraging culture, I it was like I didn't know who I was. And I certainly did not have a relationship with God. And that's nobody's fault. I take full ownership, obviously, for that. I was still serving and involved in church like over the summer and I was working and to be honest, I hated church. I did get to that place where I didn't want to be there, but I felt like I had to show up and I had heard it said in the church environment that you just keep showing up, keep showing up. And I think I... I interpreted that wrong because I think while that was like a well-intentioned thing I was like no you have to go even if you don't like it even if you're not a healthy person you have to go so I did I kept going and um, I was I remember sitting in the pew and everything I heard was just in one ear out the other everything I saw people doing I was like fake 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 like it was bad (laughs) like and and again my goal is to be honest because I feel like a lot of people have probably been in this place and it sucks like it it doesn't feel good to to be just full of resentment toward people who don't deserve it um and I have done so much reading and learning about what resentment is because to me that's one of the worst feelings and whenever I feel resentful that just communicates to me something about where I'm at and so I have to locate what's the root of that and I love the way that Brene Brown describes it she's done a lot of research on emotions and just how we feel in general and she says it's really interesting because we assume that resentment is part of the anger family Like we feel angry and mad, but it's actually um, a product of envy. So what does that mean? This is what she writes in her book. I think she words it perfectly, so I'm just going to read it straight out of her book. She says, I'm not furious that you're okay with something that's really good and imperfect. I'm furious because I want to be okay with something that's really good and imperfect. And if that doesn't just paint the picture of church. There's such importance in acknowledging that we are all at a different place 
in our spiritual journey and just our story in general. And so we're always going to have tension with other people. It's just a human thing. But I love how she describes it. And it, it just it helps us locate where we are and the root of our resentment. And I think that this is such a common emotion in the church. But oftentimes it's not dealt with because we feel like we're not allowed to feel like that. But anyways, I just think that's really interesting. And that is just spot on how I felt. I would show up to church and I was just so mad that other people were content and happy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I would show up and I would leave and I didn't want to have conversations with anybody. And it just I think because I knew I was going through something and I was questioning things, but I didn't want anybody to know or see through that. And I don't know where I developed this idea that it wasn't okay to have questions. But to be honest, it didn't feel like I had a safe environment to ask them or to just sit with them. It felt like I just had to keep going at the pace that I was going. So I went back to school in the fall, even though my heart wasn't in it. Then the fact that I had gotten to the point where I was like, I don't like church. I hate church. That was a red flag for me, obviously, because the reason I was doing any of that was because I loved church. And I was passionate about building the local church I was a part of. So I go back and I'm just feeling so out of sorts, like feeling not like myself. And I had no energy to do anything. And I had tried to cut back on like the teams that I was on and the things that I was doing, but it it didn't help because I, I was giving from such an empty place. There was nothing to give. And I didn't understand why. I just felt like it would maybe go away with time. I I felt really lonely because I was starting to doubt. I don't know. Not even the environment that I was in. I just, I truly didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. It was like I had lost the approval or affirmation of people and so I was like, what's the point? And, and that was a wake up call to me that maybe I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't giving from a place of good intention. And obviously I learned that and I don't look back. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed of myself for the way that I went through my first year at Hillsong College. Like I, I think it was exactly what it needed to be. But I was, I felt like I was getting hit all at the same time of this reality of I don't even know why I'm passionate about church. I don't know what I believe about God. I don't know if I agree with this, disagree with that. I just, I had all these questions in my brain and I did not feel like I had a safe space to explore them. I didn't even know how to. Then after about a month and a half, I ended up dropping out and that was one of the biggest and hardest decisions that I ever made. I think because it went against a lot of the advice that I received from a lot of people in that world And again, I don't blame anybody for the way that I felt or this place that I came to. I think everyone had such good intentions in encouraging me to stay and all of that stuff. But I came to the point where I was like, I feel like I'm sitting in this room and nobody knows me. I don't even know myself. I don't know what I believe, what I value, all these things. And so I left and I I felt a lot of shame for that because... Certain conversations that I had been in made me feel like I wasn't going to survive or make it outside of that environment. That if I left 
college, I was leaving church and I was leaving the faith, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. That was hurtful to me. I, and again, I know now the intention that people had was good, hopefully. I came to this point because of the place that I was at. It felt like anyone who checked on me or reached out was just trying to make sure that I didn't leave church. It didn't feel like they cared about me. It didn't feel like they were genuinely concerned about like my mental health or my well-being. It just felt like they were trying to make sure I I didn't become an atheist, <laughs> which whatever. But that communicated to me that I had not been my authentic self. I don't know that there's anything I could have done to change that. But from that point onward, I was like, okay, I have to figure out when everything is stripped away, if I'm going to continue this God thing for the rest of my life, I have to make damn well sure that I know (laughs) who I am and what God means to me and what church means to me. Like, I have to figure all of this out or it's not going to work and it's not going to stick. I, <laughs> I tried to ignore the way I was feeling for a while. I feel like I tried to run from people for a long time because, again, I just assumed they had the worst intention. Yeah, I crawled into a little cave for a little bit, which, you know what? No shame in that. I was just truly trying to recover and rest from the last year and a half of my life. But at the same time, I felt like I couldn't stop going to church. So I would just keep going. But I was like so angry when I was there. And I felt, I, you know, that feeling of it's like, you know what's going on in your head and you feel guilty and you feel like everybody else knows and they're judging you or they're like disappointed in you. I just did not want to disappoint people. I didn't want anybody to to know that I was struggling with my faith because of who I had been the year before. It just didn't feel okay. And that honestly was one of the loneliest seasons of my life. Like I was surrounded by people still, but I just didn't feel like I could be honest about where I was at. I felt ashamed because I didn't want to be a part of church. Everything that I had ever heard was like, just keep going, keep showing up. I was really scared that if I stopped going to church, I would never want to go back. But I had, you know, it was like drilled into my system. that Like church is so good for community. And it is for sure it is. But I needed to step away. I did. And I didn't, I didn't know how to do that. I don't know. I felt like I owed everybody an explanation or a conversation. Anybody who had ever believed in me or done anything for me. I felt like I owed them something and that I needed their approval to like do this thing for myself. I was confiding in a handful of people that I trust and that I felt like really knew me. But in a way, like I reached this point where I felt like I, sorry, I'm crying. Oh my, I reached this point where I just literally didn't know who I was anymore. It felt like outside of that bubble of that school of that church that I was nothing and that God was disappointed in me or that I had just done everything wrong and that's why I had gotten to this point that I wasn't strong enough so many things that I had heard in the church world were like only the strong survived but at the same time I knew I was like I cannot keep going at this pace so I have to do something 
And and if God is not big enough for these questions that I have, then what is the entire point? If other people don't think God is so much bigger than this, what are we doing? Like, that is the entire point. God, regardless of what I ended up doing, would have met me in the perfect moment, in the perfect way for me and my story to literally grab my hand and walk me through it. I know that now, but at the time, it felt like I had just thrown away any ounce of God in my life. And a really wise woman who's a pastor, I reached out to her and she told me to look for Jesus in the margins. And she really validated the place that I was in and helped me to create this space that was okay. Like it was almost normal to come to this place in my relationship with God. And it was just so comforting to know that she wasn't scared for me. And I hope now moving forward that I am always that person for somebody else who is like questioning or whatever their faith. I just think that is so powerful. And we're so quick to jump in with our own judgments, our own lessons that we've learned. But I just think there's such an important piece of our faith is our own story. And the fact that God knows the ins and the outs of that better than we ever could. And don't get me wrong, it's not a bad thing to speak into somebody's life and encourage them. But I'm not God. And like, I can't, I I think what I'm trying to say here is this is not a church bashing statement. Church is a beautiful thing that God created for us to be in community. And I think that we have to butt heads. We need to be around people that are different than us. But I also want to say that my time that I spent away in this like secret place with God, really getting to know him and and seeing him show up in my darkest, most lonely moments without me having to do anything to prove myself, without me having to get up on a stage and preach something, God still did show up. And he met me there in the most beautiful way. And now looking back, I see that during the time I was like, this sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to be obedient to where God is leading me. And I just think that, I don't know. I, when I stripped everything back, I just saw such a beautiful but complex picture of who Jesus actually is. It's just changed everything because I think for a while I got very stuck in just the doing stuff for church and doing stuff for God and finding my fulfillment in that and that I was sacrificing and that I was really trying to build something that ultimately reaches people so that they know the love of God but it's so easy to get lost in the stuff. And I, I did. (laughs) And so now I'm in this place of, I think I just feel so much more peace now that I trust that I am hearing the voice of God and that the Holy Spirit is 
insanely active in my life. And that can happen outside of church. And again, it's not me saying that church is not an important piece of the puzzle. But for so long, I felt like I was a robot. Like I was just this empty shell. And so when I stepped away from it all, I was like, who am I? And there's so many little tensions that I have found myself sitting in. And I think it's very easy to be like, okay, I'm okay with what I know. Um, And I can justify it, you know, because the Bible says this or because this. But I just think there's so much more value when we allow ourselves and open ourselves up to the color that exists in the middle. And I think that is what God wants us to do, but it's so hard. And now I have all these giant questions in my mind, and I'm not necessarily focused on finding the answer anymore. I think I used to be very into finding the perfect words so that when I preach it like sounds nice and pretty but I actually don't even know what I'm saying even when I look back in my journal I didn't know what obviously I was well-intentioned but I read it and I'm like what the heck is this this is just a show (laughs) I just I don't want to be about that anymore but I think that in order to do that and to go deeper. We have to be willing, we have to be vulnerable, and we have to be okay with either not being right or not knowing the answer. I don't know. I just, I think it's okay to to trust that God will go with you in whatever questions you need to ask or whatever you need to wonder about. Christians are supposed to be the most merciful and forgiving and loving and gracious people, yet so many people are hurt by us and so many Christians even are hurt by church and I think the easy thing is to just leave and write church off and all these things and everybody has their own like I said it's not for me to say (laughs) what anybody does but I just know that I experienced a lot of shame and guilt not necessarily from people just when I didn't want to be in church for a season. And I just don't know if that's super helpful on the journey. And I do want to finish this off just by saying a couple of things that I have learned to be true throughout this process. And you know what? In 10 years, I might have to revisit this, but for the time being, one, I just want to say that I believe no matter what church I was a part of, what environment I was in, I think I would always have reached this point where I was hungry to know more about God and to know more about what I believe in and why I believe it. So I just want to make that clear that this isn't at fault of a church or anybody. I think sadly some of these experiences in life just come with being human and that that can happen in any church because humans are not perfect. Second, I want to say the biggest challenge for me throughout all of this, I think mainly in the last year, has been learning how to hold space for the things that don't always feel like they can coexist. On one hand, you have the reality that people have hurt me. They've let me down. They've disappointed me. They've made me feel 
negatively, (laughs) but balancing that is, in the other hand, I'm also accountable and responsible for myself and my beliefs and how I carry my faith. So how can I hold space for both of those things to be true? And then try and stay in the middle where it's really uncomfy. (laughs) And last, that this whole idea of deconstruction, to me, it means being vulnerable enough to step back, take stock of what we know, and ask God to humble us in only a way that he can. And this can be really hard because it can be earth shattering in a way to a lot of people. I know it definitely has been to me. And honestly, I think that the uncomfortability comes from the fact that there are so many things I realize I don't know now that I wanted to convince myself I knew before. Because it, you know, it's a lot easier to live your life, go about your life in relationships when you can justify everything that you're doing, especially if you have church or religion to back it. And I, I don't know, I just don't always think that's the point. I don't think that's why we're here on earth to prove points. So I hope that this brought you some form of encouragement or perspective or comfort or something. I I hope that you can take me at my word when I say my intention in sharing all of this is just to showcase that God meets us where we're at and that sometimes doing life with people is really hard and can be complicated and beautiful things can exist in church and also outside of church and that God really can transform your heart and your mind if you allow him to. I know it sounds so cheesy, but I really think that and it allows us to approach things from a place of humility that we never would have experienced if we weren't willing to just let go of everything that we know. So anyways, (laughs) this was a deep one. I'm sorry about that, but I hope you guys have a great weekend and I will talk to you in the next pod. Okay, bye-bye.